Hi everyone, welcome back to Anything Flows and this is episode 5 where we're focusing on mindfulness and meditation. This is Annette speaking. And this is Adrian. What's up? Hey guys, so we're, like Annette said, this episode we're talking about mindfulness and meditation and the reason why I wanted us to have this conversation was because as a health and wellness coach, As somebody who has a degree in nutritional science and knows a lot about nutrition and exercise science, those are big things that I do focus on with my coaching. But some of the other important pieces that I also focus on is mindfulness practices like meditation, yoga, breath work, journaling, but really things that involve self-care and stress management because Mm -hmm. people don't realize how important those are for getting to where you want to be they think it's just about the food and the exercise instead of looking at like the whole picture of what well-being actually means yeah and i think like for me at least when i before i was on this journey and before i you know was learning what i've learned about mindfulness and it's it's many benefits i guess i just thought of uh mindfulness and meditation and yoga and all those kinds of forms of meditation as kind of a reward or something or something like that I've kind of have to earn so like when I have time I can do those things when I have time I can you know do yoga and and journal and stuff but something has always told me I don't or I can't so uh, until I started or it's like more. not really important like there's other yeah. important things yeah and so until I got like more invested in my health like I realized it's not you know it's not something I get to do or I mean it's not something that I have to do it's something that I get to do yeah exactly I think that's a really good way of like putting it with everything too like with exercise and nutrition it's not that you have to eat this way or exercise you get to exercise like yeah. when you just change your mindset about yeah. things it really makes a difference. It just, you know, an incredibly huge difference it's made in, in my life. Like, just, um, I mean, I've told a lot of people, like, about how much it's helped me and how I can just feel like a different person for the better, for sure. I think it has a lot to do with how much I've been paying more attention to myself and letting everything flow. Exactly. Um, and... This isn't something that not only like my, like just people in general struggle with, but my clients also struggle with too. Yeah. And that's why we meet every week. That's why we set goals. That's why I help to hold you accountable because I know it's not easy to do these things. Mm -hmm. I'm going to like, honestly, I don't do these things consistently or perfectly either. And that's not the point of it either. It's just about having that knowledge that these are important. These are helpful and working your way towards being consistent with that. Yeah, it's a practice and each practice teaches you one more thing, you know, you just keep growing. What's really helped me learn a lot more about this has been obviously just researching it more and learning about it. And two books that I really have gotten a lot from have been The Body Keeps the Score and The Myth of Normal. Mm -hmm. They both are written by psychologists who talk about trauma and our toxic culture and how that really affects what is like manifesting in our body as chronic stress even if we maybe don't feel like that applies to us Mm -hmm. like just our day-to-day 
because you know you're a parent your work your your home life or, or yeah, your the, trauma the normal common things that we've just been on a loop doing and some of us have been a little bit withdrawn and mindless of it and it's been like just re- repeating every day and and you know not taking a step out i mean to look from outside to look at yourself from another perspective and just being able to change your perspective on those things that you may think are normal like the stress that you may experience day to day whether small or big you know we can manage those things and if we can't control them we can at least manage how we approach and, and how you view per- them and how you perceive them perceive, exactly because exactly. that's mm-hmm. really what stress comes down to because two people could experience the exact same thing mm-hmm. but it could affect you so differently because of how you perceive it because Absolutely. of and i think that's what we'll what we'll get into and what we'll talk about because it's mindfulness really helps you to be more responsive versus reactive and it mm-hmm. really helps to regulate your emotions so that way you can have control over how you choose to respond to whatever is stressing you out and take action versus letting it kind of like ruminate or give you anxiety which is where yeah. like all that the, the negative effects are on not just your mental health but also your physical health yeah. so the book specifically the myth of normal talks about how western culture like the u.s mm-hmm. really prides itself on our health care but we're only seeing a rise in chronic illnesses and people are just getting sicker we have we're prescribing more prescription drugs mm-hmm. people have higher blood pressures there's more cases of autoimmune conditions especially in women because mm-hmm. women are so stressed because we're expected to do it all be it all <laughs> <laughs> right we're just yeah having to try to take on probably more than mm-hmm. we should you know do to society or, or maybe just due to a toxic cycle it that is. we are not aware of even yeah so being aware that that's a cycle yeah a toxic one and it's not that we can't do these things we're just not balancing it with what we need to with mm-hmm. mindfulness and meditation so yeah. and and there's also more mental illnesses one in four people worldwide will experience a mental health condition at some point in their life like depression or anxiety which i feel like a lot of us can resonate with even if you feel like your condition or your symptoms aren't as severe as others they're still valid they're still affecting you and your well-being which is important it's also i feel like more and more young people are also having yeah issues or, or or being just having a hard time with those things struggling straight up they're struggling especially after like you know a lot of them have transitioned at such a young age through covid like i don't think we form like trauma i yeah it is it is so i mean covid kids it's a term for like it's a term COVID kids yeah covid kids i don't know if you guys have heard of this yet but um as i'm i work in an elementary school i'm taking um a class about childhood growth and development or i was and just is coming to an end which is Oh, so sad. It was just one of the best classes I've ever taken in my entire life. (laughs) But yeah, we talk about um, in recent, you know, in recently, COVID kids are struggling to adapt and struggling to cope, struggling to regulate their emotions. And these things are not necessarily taught to us in school. These are these are patterns that we are used to seeing these are the norms of our society and this is what the the society now has come to i think since covid and it's i mean 
not totally. I know we've also, there's the other end of that where, you know, a lot of us are waking up and, and being more aware of just how we're trying to talk about now and bring awareness to that. But yeah, there's definitely that side of, you know, the youth have this one perception. We need to fix that. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. I don't know who has it harder, like the young, young ones who like maybe didn't even get a chance to experience like kinder and first grade. They have no socialization, yeah. girl. Like they, first of all, in the first five years of your life, those are the moments of your life that matter the most and that have the biggest impact on who you are today and who you are to the rest of for the rest of your life. So the fact that these kids maybe in their first few years of life just straight up have to be in isolation or are not having meaningful relationships that that can teach them these things yeah they're totally at a disadvantage and set back and so we we got to be more aware of that especially with our young ones yeah i think it just starts with awareness mm-hmm. and then from there you take action yes so whether it's depression anxiety or any other mental health condition stress that you're dealing with that's always going to have you know an impact on your mental health and your growth and development but it also has an impact on your physical health like people think Mm -hmm. oh I'm just this way I'm unhealthy because I don't exercise or I don't eat well the way that you manage your stress the way that you take care of your mind and body in that way plays a really big role like your sleep is so important. If you're when you have depression, anxiety, or any of those other conditions, you have disruptions in your sleep. You maybe have a hard time falling asleep or staying asleep. You're more tired. You have less energy throughout the day. You maybe have less cognitive function at work or just like just not as focused. You also maybe have a weakened immune system too because you're not getting the sleep that you need. When you're sleeping, that's when your body is repairing and recovering. It's it's so important. Like that's why kids need a lot of sleep because of how much they're growing Mm -hmm. and that is when they're when they're resting and digesting and they're they're growing exactly yeah there's like we can be we can be active actively you know practicing what we want and working toward what we want but at the end of the day if you're not rested you're not going to come back to perform the way you want the next day or the day after that it's a cycle that we need to be aware of. I know we keep saying that, but it's your it's overall health. It's not it's not one thing is unrelated to the next. They are all related. Yeah. Mhm. And I think when people ask themselves like why well why is depression anxiety like why are those conditions affecting not only just sleep but just like your immune system because of how chronically stressed you are, but also like your appetite, your weight, maybe like your risk of developing other chronic conditions like cardiovascular disease or even GI disorders like like IBS, inflammatory bowel disease. Mm -hmm. Like that's related to stress. Mm -hmm. Like the the issue is that Western medicine looks at symptoms and treats symptoms versus looking at you as a whole person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as one piece that is ever flowing with with, yeah with interconnected parts like it's not your cardiovascular system and your nervous system and your your gi system they all play a role like your gut is connected to your brain health you know like yeah and that's kind of like it would i would think i mean i thought that was kind of a no-brainer i never really went into the science as much but i guess it was always in the back of my mind i kind of always knew that in a way but 
but it's not really promoted that way and it's not really it's not taught, taught that way either that way. No, no like even not. in med like i didn't go to medical school but like when when in the book they talk he talks about going to medical school and they teach you the different systems of the body and mm-hmm. when i would study physiology and biology in college like it's the same thing you're learning about systems the reproductive system and then this system like instead which of is, yeah, how which is everything good, you is know? connected like it's yeah right i'm i was saying though like which is of course for for understanding and and comprehending what everything is in us you know what everything is made of and all that yeah that is important but then after that you need to know how they're connected and you need to realize how to approach those things in a way that they are you know all being yeah. addressed and it's not like it's complicating like it's actually pretty easy you know like it so we'll we'll get into some of the practices that you can start to do to just start to tr- not just treat your symptoms and treat all of these things as separate things like your your fatigue and your your appetite your stress levels your whatever symptoms you have like your immune system whatever you feel like is being compromised like instead of looking at them as separate symptoms or separate things that need to be treated mm-hmm. look at them as all symptoms of one thing that's going on which is imbalance between your mind and body there you go there you go there you go so again like the myth of normal is such a really good book i'm listening it to on an audiobook and it's 17 hours (laughs) which is i love that like yeah yeah i need to find like a longer walking path i think mine's already two miles but i need to find a longer one so that way Mm -hmm. i can listen to it listen to more of it but I actually want to go get the book because I like to annotate my book and I use a lot of that when I'm like creating my guides and programming and stuff like that so cool um but I'm gonna go get the book and I highly recommend that one the and the body keeps the score as well but they he he talks about you know too like the pressure in modern day like there's just a lot of pressure in modern day to exert our body and our mind at the expense of our health like Mm -hmm we're not prioritizing our well-being we're prioritizing productivity and looking at that as yeah how we should be valued instead uh-huh we're kind of focused on the trophy at the end and the the end product the end product yeah, that success is I a guess, destination and mm-hmm. not the journey yeah and i think the perspective there is that everything is an, a means to an end mm-hmm. that is dangerous right there and Damn, I was you've been listening to the daily stoic haven't you that and i was telling you <laughs> i was about to say it's uh what i've read in the power of now yeah. which is a book i strongly recommend and i will reread listen to it over and over again because mm-hmm. like it's it's just truly important to um and it relates to just all areas of my life for sure. The power of now and being present and and knowing that every moment is meaningful, not just for the end result like we're talking about now. Like we're not just focused on that end result. That end result will will present itself, you know, it will be what it's meant to be when you put in the the attention and the mm-hmm. effort and the intention, you right. know. I think that's where like a lot of the perception change happens and how you can really help Mm -hmm. to manage your stress when you think about it that way. And it's not easy. Like it's not, but it's really the, the way to view all of this and not let it affect you because 
that's what anxiety is. That's what depression is. You're mm-hmm. ruminating on things that happened in the past or you're thinking about what's going to happen in the future when that probably isn't even going to happen. All you can focus on is this present moment and taking action right now. Yeah, and I know I already I know can tell hard. when I first heard this too, when I wasn't in such a present state, it sounded just like hooey. <laughs> it was just like, you guys don't understand. It's hard. No, we do understand. It's hard. It's not. Nobody said it was going to be easy. Happiness is not easily achievable. We kind of do have to work toward happiness because if you're in a deep state, you know, where you don't want to be in, you can't just snap out of it. You got to climb out. You got to really dig yourself out. And it's it's not going to be pretty, but the end will be what it's meant to be with when you set that intention, the right intention with it. Mm-hmm. I hope that made sense. Yeah. Yeah. And the other day you were mentioned you were talking about how like with depression, it it's what did you say? Like it it's a um like you're you think that this leads to that. Like your brain can't Yeah, yeah. so I I was thinking of it as in a depressed mindset, your mindset is is basically thinking that is already expecting the negative. Mm-hmm. You're already in that cycle, basically, mm-hmm. in that process There's no of optimism. thought. No, and it's hard to break that break that habit. It's a real habit, actually, mm-hmm. when we're in that where when we're depressed and when we're thinking negatively. So we think that A will lead to B and lead to C always. And, and always actually, negative. that was an example from Andrew Huberman, who is also brilliant. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. I love listening to him because very real stuff and it, it just really explains it to me in the simplest way but you know if you want to listen to that you know go listen to him and how he speaks of it but but I totally understood that because when I was not in the best state of mind I honestly could not see myself out of it I couldn't see myself being the person I am right now actually but with slow changes in my habits and my mindset especially my mindset it has mm-hmm. actually swapped lenses for me and and so yeah. it's, it's made it a lot easier over time mm-hmm. it does get easier over time I right. think that's the takeaway there mm-hmm. I think also you have to think about how yes what you're thinking is a possibility mm-hmm. but so is the best case scenario. There you go. Yeah. Both are possible. Mm-hmm. So which one would you rather focus on? Which one is which mm-hmm. one could you take action towards? Or what can you take action towards to lead towards that possibility? Where can you, you put know your I mean? energy? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's a practice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a practice. So you know practice will make perfect. And mm-hmm. I'm honestly, not even practice will make perfect. We're not perfect. Nobody really is, but uh, it just gets better and easier. Yes. I feel like too, we also neglect our trauma and our stress too. Yeah. And we don't, society, we don't yeah. really recognize how that can continue to affect us in our day to day if we're not regulating it, if we're not balancing, if we're not addressing it. So, I mean, if you Sometimes sometimes you can do the work yourself, but if you need professional help, then you need to get that. You yeah. there's nothing wrong with that at all. Right. Just I guess I was gonna say, um asking for help is okay. A hundred percent. Asking for help 
is how we grow. Mm -hmm. We need to share. We need to not hold it in, mm-hmm. not bottle it up. Mm-hmm. I know that that is. You feel like if you we, just ignore it or numb it, yeah. it'll go And away. I think, I know we, we talk a lot about women on the podcast in general, but I know for men that society has immense pressure mm-hmm. on you to be the strong one, be the emotionally detached mm-hmm. one to see quote-unquote clearly but that's that's not necessarily true the bottling up of it really does cloud your mentality it really does cloud your soul so yeah asking for help is okay and people will lo- like be glad to help another person you know mm-hmm. being of service and and helping others will make you feel better always so if you are not necessarily the one asking for help please if you are being asked for help be open be understanding yeah. be non-judgmental and just be helpful yeah be understanding for sure don't try to to be understood you need to be understanding yeah seek to understand uh-huh. before trying, trying to seek to be understood mm-hmm. yeah for sure yep so i think again like we need to start seeing people as a whole person rather than treating conditions as separate things. Yeah. And when you when you look at it that way, maybe it's a longer process. Maybe you're not getting instant results, mm-hmm. but with consistency, you'll get there. Yeah. So let's let's talk about mindfulness and like what exactly it is. Mm-hmm. Like when you think about mindfulness, or I mean, what 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 do you feel like people usually think about when they think about mindfulness or meditation? Well, like I guess today people may think of mindfulness as just um, taking a step back and seeing things from a sort of neutral perspective. Mm-hmm. I think being neutral is an important thing about mindfulness. Like third party, you're, like you're a third party perspective. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and I think. What was your other question about meditation too? Yeah, like what mindfulness and meditation, what people feel like it, it, it is. Yeah, I guess a lot of people think meditation is crisscross applplesauce and ohms uh-huh. and... and Spiritual. And yeah, like trying Buddha. to connect with the higher power or yes. something else outside of yourself. And well, it can sure, be. it can be. Yeah, it could get to that if you want it to get to that. But it's not just oh, limited. It can be. To, <laughs> oh, it can be. Yeah. Um, but it's not limited to that. I mean, that is, you know, I I guess more along the line, more along the road, farther along the road, I guess. Um, but mindfulness and meditation can start with anything, can start with doing dishes, mm-hmm. can start with walking the dog. I think also, like like you said about connecting to higher, something higher, whatever, mm-hmm. I, th- I think instead of thinking about it that way, think about it about connecting to yourself your and your higher self you can cut out what i said and just put what you said i liked it okay but the definition of mindfulness can be described as focusing on one's awareness on the present moment while calmly acknowledging and accepting one's feelings thoughts and bodily sensations in a non-judgmental way like non-judgmental way is a really important piece right there because you have to become aware. You can't be afraid of these thoughts or numb numb yourself to these thoughts or try to dissociate or distract yourself. You have to be aware. You have to 
welcome go the welcome thoughts. them and, and approach it from that third party perspective and be curious about it and label it as a thought as thinking versus attaching yourself to that thought like yeah rather than this, identifying yeah like you're you're not a bad person yeah you know like I think that's you know where you can kind of like separate yourself from it mm-hmm. so there's a lot of misconceptions about what mindfulness is and I think going through those can kind of help also clarify a little bit about what it is so one of them is that it's about emptying your mind and I always get that when I'm talking to clients about meditation they they say like I just can't get my mind to like shut down or to stop like it's just I always get distracted that is the point Mm -hmm. you are doing it 100% exactly how you're supposed to Mm -hmm. there is no end goal of meditation there's no right or wrong way of doing it all you need to do is bring your breath and your awareness those are the two things it is the easiest thing that you could do for your health and yet we are not doing it. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, I don't do it perfectly either and I'm not the most consistent with it. I'm working on it. I'm a, like, you know, I know how beneficial it would be for me to just keep, to be doing these things, but I feel like I balance it out with other practices. But anyway, like the point is not to stop thinking altogether. Instead, you want to observe your thoughts without getting caught up in them. And with awareness and acceptance of the present moment, that also includes any kind of thoughts that might arise or emotions that might arise. And so, again, it's like having that third party perspective and just not attaching yourself to it. And thoughts are going, thoughts are going to happen, you know, and you're going to get distracted. You're going to think about what you have going on later today or what you have to be doing and the practice of meditation or mindfulness is coming back to the present moment. And meditation helps to cultivate that. It's just like any other muscle. You train it. You work on it. You practice to you make that stronger. It. You strengthen yeah. it. It's just a muscle. And so when you're practicing coming back to the present moment or coming back to whatever you're trying to focus on, like your breath or your body, you can start to bring that out into your day-to-day as well when you're stressed in traffic or at work or whatever it is or you're triggered by trauma like something traumatic you can come back to the present moment and you can because you've strengthened that muscle true and you don't have to bring yourself you know and, and let that like overcome you whatever it is yeah I like that's that I like that you brought that up too because we can't just ignore what we feel but we can observe it, we can let it pass, and we can move on. Mm-hmm. And so being present with it, sitting with that, and then letting it pass is one of the most satisfying things. Just letting things yeah. go and and realizing it, you can do it mm-hmm. just with your breath and yeah. your awareness. Yeah, I think when meditation has helped me out, when, my, when things have been really hard for me and I'm just like caught up in, in thoughts, it's really amazing when I do notice that like I'm getting caught up in that idea that whatever it is that I'm thinking and whatever mm-hmm. that negative thought is and then coming back to the present moment like I physically feel the tension and yeah and all that just like be released from my body yes yeah I relate 100% because you hold on to it when you're like I'm a bad person or you know like whatever the thought is like you yeah. you hold it into your you hold it on your body mm-hmm. and it, it yeah so I think that's, you know, one thing to think about. It's not about emptying your mind. It's about practicing releasing that distraction gently and coming back to the present moment. 
So another one is that it's difficult and it requires a calm mind, which kind of goes back to the other one. It's our brain's nature to think and wander. There's nothing wrong with you because your brain is wandering off or because you have intrusive thoughts or whatever it is. The, that's part of our brain's nature. Mm-hmm. The, and again, the practice is not achieving a particular state of mind. It's instead observing and accepting whatever arises in the present moment, including those thoughts and emotions, and just gently redirecting the attention back to whatever you've chosen to focus on, like your breath or your body. And people think too, like maybe it's only for relaxing. And while, you know, it does promote relaxation and it's lower, it reduces stress. There's a lot more, there's a lot of other benefits. You're enhancing your self-awareness, you know, just being aware of like those thoughts and emotions. With emotions, you're also learning how to regulate that. And so you're choosing to, you're, you're practicing being able to be more responsive versus reactive, you know, getting angry or letting those emotions become you you know instead of saying like i'm angry like identifying that this is what anger feels like and choosing to make a choice with that information you Mm -hmm. know what i mean Mm -hmm. um i'm curious what happens like with our brains and our bodies when we practice this mindfulness so we've talked about like before or i've talked about before your two systems of your autonomic nervous system which is your parasympathetic Mm -hmm. which is your rest and digest Mm -hmm. and then your sympathetic nervous system which is your fight or flight so i think of sympathetic nervous system as like if someone's really stressed i'm going to be a little bit sympathetic towards them so that's when that there's that fight or flight so Mm -hmm. that's how i think about the two but you have those two kind of like balancing throughout the day when people are chronically stressed or they are out of balance it's usually because they have an overactive sympathetic nervous system they have their fight or flight system activated all the time because they're not regulating that response with Mm -hmm. self-care with mindfulness meditation and things like that so when you are activating more of your parasympathetic nervous system which is things that are going to be more calming and relaxing like meditation and, and other mindfulness practices that we'll talk about you're decreasing your heart rate, you're decreasing your blood pressure, and you're also decreasing your stress hormone cortisol, which mm. we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. We don't want that elevated all the time. Like right, that's right. our stress hormone for a reason. Mm-hmm. And while things, our brain is, is constantly filtering our, or whatever we're perceiving in our environment as a threat or as something that's safe, a lot of times it's perceiving things as dangerous or as threats to us, even without like us consciously knowing that. And so that's why our, our cortisol levels are higher because we're not balancing it with things that are going to help bring that down. Mm-hmm. So things that are going to promote more relaxation is what we want. So it's also. Um, yeah, does that answer your question? Yeah, I think so. I think it helps me understand that like it's really actually benefiting my brain not just not just in a way of like my thoughts but in actual our balancing our system that we Mm -hmm. need to to keep in balance Mm -hmm. meditation also or mindfulness these practices don't require a lot of time or they don't require a specific posture like you mentioned that like people think you have to be sitting cross-legged and like saying um like Mm -hmm. you know those are ways but it doesn't have to look like that just have it something that's consistent even if it's a short practice I always tell my clients that 
it's good to stack meditation on top of a habit that you already do. Right. So one of my clients, like she's done a great job of adding it in and she does it as soon as she feeds her dogs right before she makes her coffee. So those are habits that she already does. So she's stacking it in between and that's a really powerful way of creating a new habit. There's no magic number of days. It's really about this, this cycle of a trigger like feeding your dog followed by a behavior like meditating followed mm-hmm. by a reward habits yeah. yes mm-hmm. building good habits exactly right so you don't need to be doing it for 20 minutes every day you just need to do something consistent that's realistic for you and setting that time to be intentional with it and you don't need to be sitting in any specific way either like you could be sitting I usually will just like sit up against the wall on my bed. Like that's perfect for me. You can also be walking, standing, or just like lying down. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I think also when you're doing just like activities that put you into a flow state, like washing the dishes is a really good example because you don't, anybody, anybody can really do it. You don't need any kind of skill. Like you know how to wash dishes, like you're just doing it. There's not a lot of thought process Mm -hmm. that goes into it. So it's really, it puts you into a flow state. Yeah. So something like that is also practicing mindfulness. Um, really just anything, the key to, key to practicing mindfulness is something that's going to cultivate a focused and non-judgmental awareness of the present moment, regardless of your physical position. So I talked a little bit about like what happens to our nervous system with our sympathetic and our parasympathetic nervous system. And then other things that are happening too when we're focusing on mindfulness and meditation and and those kinds of practices to help balance our nervous system is we're actually improving our immune immune function so if you're somebody who's like always sick or you know like i've seen it a lot like you're tired you're sick and tired of being sick and tired Mm -hmm. that's you you know if that's somebody that's like you then meditation and mindfulness is really going to be helpful for you because you're yeah. increasing your production of antibodies, which, I mean, we've, we went through COVID. I feel like we, we kind of know a little bit about antibodies. antibodies so, but you're, you're helping your body to just have a stronger immune system. You have more immune activity and you're just better able to like fight off diseases. You, and they also say True. that like your pain tolerance changes too with meditation. I mm. think that's because more of like that mind body awareness. Mm-hmm. And so pain can sometimes be just like a perception. Yeah, and then and I never thought about it that way. And I bet a lot of people probably didn't think about it that way. Pain being a perception and being able to it's a change. Feeling. Yeah, mm-hmm. being able to adapt. Yeah, Andrew Huberman has talked about it before. Yes, and I heard him yeah. talking about his... Um, no, maybe I didn't actually. I was actually thinking of Ryan... Holiday. Holiday. He talked about the senses a lot. Mm-hmm. So in one of the Daily Stoke episodes I listened to. But anyway. Yeah, your, your pain perception changes because it's just like a reaction you know when you're perceiving pain that your body is trying to protect you from something Mm -hmm. so specifically in the brain i think a lot of things are happening a lot of things are happening in the brain you are increasing the activation in the brain regions that are involved in things like attention emotional regulation and self-awareness specifically with attention that's improving because you're training your mind to focus on a specific object like your breath or your body. So mm-hmm. attention is really improved with meditation or mindfulness. Yeah. And with those things, those things are all related and that they are your executive function skills and which I've talked about, I think, before. But I like to I like to talk about executive function skills because it's they're your 
like you said, attention skills, your management skills, mm-hmm. maybe time management, mm-hmm. your organization, mm-hmm. you know, those things we are not necessarily taught. We acquire, mm-hmm. <clears throat> we acquire and we're continuously developing through throughout until I believe. Yeah, you're developing those 20, throughout well, adulthood. No, even past your your frontal lobe, you know, being done cooking. Even into your late adulthood, you know, you can adapt. It just gets harder. So I think that for um younger people starting to and starting to basically what's the word I'm looking for? Starting to enhance i believe yeah so starting to like enhance your your awareness and kind of fine-tune those skills is easy through meditation it's it will come to you right and um yeah there are things that we we probably need more Mm -hmm. more of for sure yeah and then with emotional regulation and self-awareness like those i feel like go hand in hand like when you're aware of your repetitive thoughts your intrusive thoughts your thoughts and emotions you can regulate again like how you choose to respond versus react more appropriately right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because that's i think part of like your maybe your executive functioning right your self-control that because you respond differently when you're around different people when you're around family versus when you're around a coworker or something Mm -hmm. and that's because of your Mm -hmm. emotional regulation yeah and i know that in um my experience self-control was not fairly easy for me but um being mindful definitely like is a key to Mm -hmm. having self-control developing it at least and Mm -hmm. and being better at it yeah it's your it's your amygdala that is associated with your emotions and and emotional regulation yeah Mm. (laughs) lots of brain parts Mm-hmm. But but another thing that changes in your brain, too, is the gray matter that you have, right. which is like where it's kind of hard. I feel like uh, it's kind of hard to describe what gray matter is, but it's it's your brain. Like it's the it's the dense part of your brain that functions, that has those neurons, that stores your memories, you know, like the, the not that the white matter is not important, but it's the gray matter is important for, you know, especially with like alzheimer's or dementia and things like that that's the part of the brain that starts to deteriorate so we want to promote as much of that gray matter as possible so that's something that improves too with meditation and that is associated with your attention and emotional regulation as well and then there's obviously physical benefits we've talked about blood pressure and your your chronic pain immune system and you know improvements in your sleep as well so that way you can be getting the quality sleep that you need to recover and repair overnight. So let's now just go into some of the practices that you can be implementing some super simple and others a little bit that take maybe a little bit more thought and effort. So mindful breathing is probably the easiest thing that you can do. And all that really is, is just paying attention to the sensations of breath entering and leaving your body. And what you're doing is you're just noticing your mind drifting, bringing your attention back to your breath and anchoring yourself in the present moment. So there's a few different ways that you can do that. So one example would be deep belly breath where you have one hand on your chest and one hand on your belly. 
You breathe in deeply through your nose, allowing all of the air to fill your belly and your lungs. And then you exhale through the mouth and you feel your belly lower. So you're really creating that like connection between your breath and your body. And by focusing on just that, you are practicing and building and strengthening that mindfulness muscle. So you can do this anywhere. You can do this in your car. You can do this anywhere. Another one would be four, seven, eight breathing. So pretty easy. You inhale through your nose for a count of four, hold for a count of seven, and exhale through your mouth for a count of eight. So because they're longer inhales and exhales, you're kind of manipulating your parasympathetic and your sympathetic nervous system to shift more towards that rest and digest because you're intentionally extending your your breathing. Another similar one to the last one is box breathing. So you inhale through your nose for four, hold for four, exhale for four, and then hold for four. And then you repeat that. And you can kind of think of maybe like the edges of a paper or just like a box and watch, you know, and like kind of visualize something moving along the edges of that box. Sometimes you can even like go on YouTube and find a video of box breathing and actually be able to watch like a little dot moving across a square. And that could be really helpful if you're more of like a visual person and you're just kind of starting out. And then another really simple way of practicing mindful breathing is just mindful counting. So you just count each breath up to 10 and then you start again. And if your mind wanders, you're just gently bringing that back to bringing your focus back to the present moment. And then you're just continuing. Again, you're just strengthening that muscle to make it stronger. So those are ways of practicing with your breath. Another yeah, just starting simple. Thank you. Love mm-hmm. those tips. Yeah. I, I, I think I could definitely try to do these a little bit more. Oh, another one I didn't mention is a double inhale with an exhale. Guess who taught me that? Andrew Huberman. <laughs> we love him. <laughs> Guys, can't you tell? Andrew Huberman sponsor us. <laughs> Just kidding. But Join us. So basically what you're doing is, you, is you're, if you've ever seen like a dog, sometimes they'll do it. They inhale twice and then they'll exhale. I know Shaggy does it. <laughs> but Shaggy's silly. But you're inhaling once and then you inhale again and <laughs> Shaggy just came in here because he heard his say name. hello <laughs> <laughs> he so said, you're inhaling for so you inhale then you inhale again your your that second inhale is supposed to help to open up the air sacs in your lungs and and get more air in so you would do that and then you exhale and it really helps I swear like if you're ever feeling stressed like that is the simplest way to be able to change your physiology in that moment change your blood pressure change your heart rate okay change your cortisol levels like, like it is that. it is very effective can't yeah. believe it like how that one listed your here. breath is quite powerful guys i don't know if you've ever oh, realized Sorry. that yeah What'd you say? i said is it stinky you said your breath is quite powerful <laughs> <laughs> i wish i heard that the first time that was funny <laughs> and then okay so now let's talk about body scan because that's another really powerful way of connecting obviously mind and body and and getting into your body which I feel like a lot of us are not we kind of dissociate we don't know what's going on physically in our body we can't a lot of people can't tell you like what they're feeling Mm because they're they're not connected in that way Mm -hmm. so body scan is a really helpful way of doing that so just go through this process uh whenever you feel like you have time I think find a time where you have you can kind of carve out a little bit and not be disrupted and you can be comfortable and, and not anxious. So start just in a comfortable position. Take a few breaths to settle down. 
and just allow any tension to kind of or, or stress to kind of melt away as you exhale and then start bringing your attention to your feet. Notice any warmth, any coolness, tingling or other sensations that you might feel and then start moving upwards towards your legs, knees, your abdomen, your shoulders, your back, hands, fingers, neck, and then your face, all of it. And you're just tuning in to any sensations and accepting them as they are. You're not trying to fix anything or change anything. And if you notice any areas of discomfort, tension, or tightness, imagine sending your breath to those areas and consciously allow them to soften and release with each exhale. And then maybe pay attention too to any areas that feel relaxed or at ease. I think that's also important that we're we're noticing the difference between the two. That's good, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah, being able to differentiate how you feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then resist, again, resist the urge to try to fix anything. Just, ob- just observe. And then take a few moments to bring your attention to your body as a whole. Once you finish that body scan, feel the surface of your body resting on whatever it is that you're on. And then feel that kind of sense of connection and groundedness. And then the best time to practice something like this is when you're feeling stressed, you're feeling anxious, or you kind of need a break to try to connect to your body. Yeah, that's good. And then last thing that I have here is a few ways of practicing meditation. There's a lot of different ways that you can do it. There's no right or wrong way. I'll say that because I think that kind of holds people back from doing it. They don't they don't think that they're doing it right because it's not something where you maybe get instant gratification. And mm-hmm. I think that our brains are wired to receive that. That's oh, why yeah. food can be so attractive. That's why all these things can feel distraction. Right. Yeah. And because you're getting instant gratification, you're getting that joy or whatever it is. But things like exercise or, you know, those kinds of stuff can sometimes be delayed gratifications. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the case with with meditation. But yeah, a simple one is just mindfulness meditation. You're focusing on the present moment, focus on your breath, your body sensations, sounds or other objects of awareness. Like maybe you're listening to sound baths or mm-hmm. or meditation music, something like yeah, that. Like beta waves. When distractions arise, not if they arise, when they arise, just simply observe and gently bring your attention back to what you were focusing on. Mm-hmm. Again, we're strengthening that muscle. Another form of meditation is a loving kindness meditation. And this one's just a little bit different because what you're doing is you're focusing on cultivating feelings of love, compassion, and goodwill towards yourself or to others. And you repeat specific phrases or intentions silently or out loud. Like I've done some before and you're just kind of saying like specific phrases and when you're focusing just on that phrase like it can feel very intentional and i think it makes a really big impression on your mind so like affirmations yeah like affirmations yeah uh-huh. yeah i was like just I talking accept- to a friend about this recently yeah. that mm-hmm. affirmations like are so huge mm-hmm. and like for both of us like mantras mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and it could be towards yourself it could be towards loved ones or it could be towards others whether mm-hmm. that's like neutral like a friend or difficult people and i think that could be really powerful when you're sending that kind of love and kindness and well wishes to somebody else um i was i when i i saw this video of kali uchis at one of her concerts and she was talking about her song what is it send you roses wish you roses I wish, wish you roses yeah. and she was talking about how like a quote really stuck with her when she was in middle school of how 
when you're hating somebody or you're wishing somebody hate, it's like holding on to a hot iron with the intention of throwing it at them when you're really the only one that gets burned. And so it's the same thing. Like there's no reason we should be like having any hate because it only hurts us. It only blocks she said it only blocks our blessings. So, so true. I know, right? So like, I've never heard something more true. Mm-hmm, I love her. So it's, yeah, like, so send love. Like, that's peace and love, like, yeah. literally. And I don't know if anyone listening is familiar with The Secret. It's something, like, I kind of learned about a few years ago. But part of The Secret is putting out into the universe what you want and what you are striving for and then just by um kind of speaking it or thinking it it will arise it's kind of um it has to do with just your energy and your intention too yeah so it's i mean not like it's magic think, it's just but i just think that that's kind of part create. of the reason i just think that's, that's part of the reason why your affirmations mm-hmm. and your mantras will do so much for you mm-hmm. like your thoughts create your beliefs and your beliefs create yes. your actions exactly yeah mm-hmm. um so I think loving kindness meditation can be really helpful for people who maybe aren't feeling a lot of self-love or are having a hard time with difficult people. Guided meditations, which can be a loving kindness meditation. It could be a mindfulness meditation, but really you're just having somebody to kind of help guide you of when to come back. Cause you get distracted and sometimes it's nice to have somebody to say like, if thoughts arise, come back to the present moment or whatever it is, or to kind of help guide you back out of it or what to focus on. And focus on your breath and things like that they give good good cues mm-hmm. mantra meditation which kind of talked about like with positive affirmations and things like that you're repeating specific words or phrases either like silently or out loud and you can also like be doing like the sounds like um mm-hmm. that's also part of mantra meditation yeah i think your hand gestures mm-hmm. also like your uh-huh. placement of your hands i think that's pranayamas Girl, I don't know. <laughs> I, I need to know. I need to get my yoga certification. Yes, you do. You need to tell me. But I'll tell you. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the differences. Of, I mean, I just realized and learned through this journey that, oh, we can change that up too. Mm-hmm. Um, another kind of similar one to mantra meditation is transcendental meditation or TM, which you're just using personal mantras. One that I've heard before I think it was on the Daily Stoic. He had a guest come on and he was talking about how his life really changed when he started doing this. And he, on his inhale, he would tell himself, I accept and I love myself or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but whatever, something like personal to him where he's like, I love myself. And then on his exhale, he would say, I release whatever, you know, like, yeah, because you're in your exhale is really where that parasympathetic nervous system is kicking in and you're dropping your your blood pressure your heart rate your cortisol Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and helping to like release tension is on that Mm -hmm. exhale the exhale is really important yeah yeah you can also walk or have any kind of movement-based meditation as well it doesn't have to be sitting or lying down or whatever stretching it could be walking tai chi is also a form of meditation Mm -hmm. because you're very intentional about your movements Mm -hmm. and i i hope i don't say it wrong but it's q i q key key kong g-o-n-g I read about that in um, The Body Keeps the Score, and it has to do with your arms connecting to your breath. So as you inhale, you rise your arms, and as you exhale, you bring them down. And he really helped a lot of his patients who had trauma with being in the war in Vietnam or child abuse or whatever it is um, with with that kind of meditation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, your movements, Mm -hmm. for sure. 
And then the last one could be visualization. So you're focusing on a mental image and that could be like a calming scene or a positive outcome or just like some kind of symbolic um, representation. So lots so, of different ways to do it. Yeah, whatever works for you. Not, works for you. Not all of these, obviously. Just find the one. Mm-hmm. Stick with it. Yeah. For me, I really like using the app Headspace. I'm going to include some resources down below that you guys can try awesome. to try to do like a 14-day trial with Headspace. Another one that I like is 10% Happier. They have an Mm -hmm. app for meditation. I also really, really, really love their podcast Mm -hmm. because they talk a lot about mindfulness and they have a lot of really great guests on there. They had Neil deGrasse Tyson this week, like Mm -hmm. just really good stuff. Um, My man. Yeah. So I'll include some resources for people to kind of like get started with meditation and mindfulness. But again, this is something that as a health coach, I prioritize and I focus on building with you just as much as nutrition and exercise if not more because yeah that's really where the sustainability comes in and the quality of life really changes totally yes that part especially like yeah i think it's just just as important as the other aspects that we should are used to talking about with our health Mm -hmm. so this yeah hopefully this was a helpful podcast to just kind of if you had questions about meditation and mindfulness and maybe you are hesitant about trying that hopefully this is something that pushes you to just do it create that habit you know and and yeah we hope we inspired this because you want this you want the end goal you want the benefits so right so try it yeah and of course if you are looking for more one-on-one support with whatever your health and wellness goals are reach out I have positions or spots open for coaching for six months and one year. So it really just depends on kind of like where you're at in your journey and like what mm-hmm. what you feel like you need. Um, so you can reach me on Instagram at Coach Adrian underscore. Coolest Anything else you want to say in it? Um, let's think. <laughs> I just think uh, I hope that this podcast has inspired others for sure because i know that i wouldn't be where i am without it i think i would have been so stuck without this and i feel like a lot of people may relate to that stuck feeling you don't have to be stuck and i think you don't have to identify with those uh negative feelings or negative thoughts you can break the cycle and it's going to take a little work and a little time but be intentional with it and uh, do it for yourself you owe you Yes. Yes. You owe you. That's another book I'm reading. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We'll have another podcast episode out next week. Let us know what you guys want us to talk about. Um, Yeah, please let us know. Like, ask us questions. Reach out. Hit us up. Subscribe. Just kidding. Slide in the DMs. Yeah. So, well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, you guys. Love you guys for being here. Thank you for the support. Bye.